The following is a presentation of the Wide Open Mic Podcast Network. For information on this and other podcasts, please go to www.wideopenmic.net. Welcome to Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm Gunner. With me is the great Chris King. Hello. And we are here to talk about our favorite Marvel movie of the year, our favorite Marvel uh, whatever this year. We're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. It's still in theater. No, no way home. It's still in theater. No way home. It's going to be hard. Yeah. I saw it last week. Um not last weekend and like yeah well we could talk about that as it goes on but this is great so we're gonna i mean i know that it's gonna be a little different maybe i don't know we'll see i tried to make it as normal as possible but but we'll see because this is still out in theaters it's not streaming it comes out on digital february 30th i found out oh we got a while we have a while but really i mean we're late to talking about it you know, which we, we which was finished. which was on design. That was kind of the plan. Yeah. Give guys, I mean, yeah, but still. But we want people to see it. But we're before it's out. It's still in theaters. That's good. Yeah, so that's pretty. We're pretty on I, top of it. Yeah, I've seen it four times now. I wouldn't mind seeing it fifth. I've only seen it once. I need to see it again. I mean, we're I, we're kind of yeah. You know, obviously, we have our our um, the ability to kind of look at stuff as we're going through it. But yeah, I need to see it for full again. It was man. It, was so good it was so so good i think i love when it rarely really happens where you come into a movie have these ridiculously high expectations but there's no way that it can meet and it meets every single one of them you know i felt the same way about infinity war and endgame and endgame honestly outside of maybe uh the phantom menace and or the force awakens i don't think i've had higher expectations on a film than than end yeah Cause I had gotten yeah. into Marvel leading up to that. And I don't know. I've said on this, the snap was a podcast mini series. I did with a friend of mine that we decided to go through the entire MCU, like three weeks before Endgame came out. So I, not only was I like, I podcasting about, it. we had like a 12 hour podcast session one day. We recorded like three Three like three hour episodes of breaks. It was it was insane. I don't think I've ever been as hyped as Endgame. And at the end of the day, might be my favorite film of all time. I mean, I thought it was that good. I loved Endgame. Endgame is so more than anything, it was so satisfying. And I always think about the time that it came out. It was right after Game of Thrones had kind of completed Game of Thrones for one reason or the other. Not even COVID related at all. It was just, I mean, it's sort of the way now, but just for one reason or another, it was just super delayed. Um, partial season. So it took us forever. I, w- I think it was 10 years. Was it 10 years of Game of Thrones, essentially? And then they finally got to the last episode and no payoff really whatsoever. All these things that have been really built up for that entire time of people that are dedicated to the show, you know, no real payoff. And that end game came out and, and you see it and like, that was it. So good or bad, no matter how you think of how you feel about it, that movie was satisfying. It closed all the loops. It get a huge payoff for so many things. Like I loved Endgame so much. I would say though, I think I like Spider Man better. I would. Uh, I don't know. Three times in Endgame, three times I cried so hard. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and when I say that, like ah. the fourth and fifth time I saw this in the, th- 
when he I'm getting choked up now thinking about it. when he catches <laughs> when he catches the hammer I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's happening. It's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. he said Avengers. I'm like, say it, say it, say it. Yeah. Assemble. I'm like, yeah. yeah. That yeah. is the only, also the only time ever, ever that a shitty camcorder feed is by far the best way to watch it. That YouTube video. Oh, um, yeah. Everybody people watching it yeah, and going crazy yeah. like. I probably watched that more than I've seen the movie. Like I could just sit there. It's so great. Well, I, I mean, when I saw it in the theater, I saw it, I didn't see it day one, but I I think I saw it like day three or four. So the people that I saw it with hadn't seen it, but so all the cheers happened. Everybody was, everybody freaked out at the same time. Um, It was, it was so good. The Avengers assemble um, was when people blew up, but the biggest one, I, the biggest moment in that movie was absolutely him getting the hammer. I think that was bigger yeah, than yelling. I think so too. A symbol. And so my son and I, we, we play for actually my whole family. We play Fortnite together. Jeez. Uh, it just happened over COVID. Like my wife started playing with my son cause they were both home and he was really big into it. And you could get a bunch of Marvel skins. Like the majority of the money I've spent is on Marvel skins. Wow. And so we were playing, and uh, and uh, I was Iron Man, and there you can you know you can buy emojis, and one of them is the Thanos snap. And so I oh. go to my son. I said, "I am Iron Man." I want to do the snap, but I hit the wrong emoji, and Iron Man started dancing, and it's just <laughs> my son always does that. He goes, "I am Iron Man," and he starts dancing. <laughs> That's on the door. Sorry. But we're talking about Spider-Man. We are. This is not, as much as it seems like it's an endgame <laughs> podcast, we're talking about Spider-Man. So before we jump into let's get the stats down. Written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, directed by John Watts, released. Uh, I believe, see, they had the premiere date down, but I believe this was released on the 17th of December. The official date, even though, I don't know why they still call it the 17th when it comes out the day before. Like, it's funny how it used to be, they used to have midnight screening. So, like, it would come out midnight on the 17th. And then they're like, well, now we're going to do, like, 10 o'clock. And then it was 7 o'clock. For now, there, I went and saw the 5 o'clock screening. And my friend that met me there, it was his second time seeing it. The day before, the Thursday before. So, I don't know oh. if they do that in Indy. But in, Ch- I don't know. in Chicago, I don't know. the day before and out all day. I wish I would have wow. known. I would have taken off work and. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's that's the release date. Then <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. But I do remember. Uh, you know, the first time I saw a movie at midnight release was uh, Lord of the Rings. Remember that, Gunner? I do. You, you know why I remember Lord that? of the Rings together? Because I got your tickets. You did. Yeah, I know. It was you. Uh, you know I what, was not I there remember? though. Uh, yeah, I think you were working, or no, I can't I remember. Had like somewhere you got gone us in. home because it was uh, the end of the semester. I had already gone home. But before I left, I got you, Catherine, and Liz tickets. Yeah, see it. yeah. I fell asleep. I fell asleep in that movie because it was midnight and it was past my bedtime. And it was a three and, and, and a half hour movie. <laughs> it was a three and a half hour movie, and he spent most of that movie looking at the ring. Yes, but we're not talking about Lord of the Rings either. We're still talking about Spider Man. We're Although talking about a I, lot of movies that aren't this movie. Anyway, bum 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 bum. Bump. I didn't pull the, the, the music, so I'm just doing that now. That's my transition to No Way Home, Chris. Why don't you... Uh, I'm ready. Why don't you take it off? Kick it off, my friend. Why I'm don't ready. you thwip right in here with this... Uh, Which... It, are you done? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right, so excited. 
Well, so so this it's it's interesting coming off of uh, talking about Hawkeye because this does a lot of what Hawkeye does with the intro. The beginning of this movie is literally the last couple seconds of the last movie. So yeah. not only not just the um, it doesn't do a hey previously on it essentially starts at the end of the last movie where Mysterio is telling the world hey uh, Peter Parker Spider Man and it's when it's we're we're left with where we're left with. Peter and Mary Jane are flying around the city and they're kind of in a crowd and they take off. Michelle Obviously Jones. now that, sorry, Michelle Jones, not Mary Jane. Michelle Jones, MJ. I, what did I say? I said MJ. I said Mary Jane. I say MJ. Okay. Uh, <laughs> with MJ and they take off and obviously everybody's now after them. Everybody knows the news happens. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson uh, was, is the one that delivers the news, which is crazy uh, at the end of the last movie and the beginning of this movie. So now everybody knows that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, the first, you know, 20 minutes of the movie, 25 minutes of the movie, we spend with Peter Parker and Spider-Man dealing with the reality of everybody knowing that he's Spider-Man. He goes to the police. He gets a lawyer. We'll talk about I'll let you talk about who that lawyer is, uh, because that's pretty interesting. And dealing with the ramifications of that, one of which was he is not going to be able to get into college. They're all three of them. Uh, are going to Peter, MJ, and I cannot remember his friend's name right now. Ned. Gunner? Ned. Ed. Ned. Ned. Three, uh, Peter, MJ, and Ned are supposed to get into MIT. They can't. The letter actually specifically says we can't let you in because of your affiliation with uh, a current events, I think is what it says to be general, but really does attribute the Spider-Man situation to why they don't get into MIT. I tried to go to uh, MIT and they said your affiliation with the kid in the big pants who dyes people's hair and gets pulled over by the yeah. chef. Yeah. That's MIT actually in. called me and said people weren't getting in because of me, which is weird. I, I have no affiliation with them, but we, we really lead up to, I, I I'm going to take it all the way up going to the, uh, Dr. Strange scene and just a little bit after um, to the part where Dr. Strange is kind of working on a spell for Peter. He kind of fudges the spell a little bit because of, because of Peter kind of jumping in. And then we go right up to um, which, what Dr. Strange has suggested, which is, hey, have you ever just, just tried talking to the school? <laughs> and he said, no, I, I thought we'd use sorcery first, and and which was a hilarious scene. Uh, and then he goes and finds the um, admissions, uh, the head of admissions for MIT to kind of talk to her and say, hey, I, you know, I think you should do this. And he's interrupted. So all the way up to that gunner that we're, we're talking the first 30 minutes of the movie. What do you got? Honestly, I have so much stuff. Like, honestly, right. I have so much stuff that. I saw stuff and I'm like, I, I, I'm not even going to write down. Like I noticed that the admissions lady's license plate was ASM something. And I'm like, that's an Easter egg. I'm like, but I have so many notes and so many thoughts that I'm not going to worry about digging up these small Easter eggs. So, um, I held back a little, but as you, you'll see, I have like 50 pages of notes. So, uh, the movie opens, like you said, right where the other one ended. Um, and my favorite part of that is as Peter and MJ are thwipping away, there's a guy that like dives after him. I don't know what he's planning. Like he he goes on a cab and like dives after him in the air. Like he's going to catch them. I don't know. That was making funny. But as they thwip away, uh, they go back. Uh, they pass a famous billboard. Did you catch that? Uh, it's the it's the Captain America. It's a Rogers right? the musical billboard, which right. is cool. So this actually takes place at least the end of this. At the same time, approximately that Hawkeye's going on. So, uh, yeah. So I again, we could talk about the the spell and all that stuff later. But just interesting that this is kind of happening at the same time. I I think this is happening 
like before Hawkeye, because at the end, um, you know, it, it's Christmas time. Obviously, it's snowing. So my guess is the end of this movie is butting up to Hawkeye. So if people are like, well, how come Hawkeye didn't help him? That's why. Besides Hawkeye yeah. not really knowing him except fighting against him. Um, it was busy. No, no, they're on the same team. They're on the same team. I take it back. Yeah, they were on event. They're both technically Avengers. No, no, they were but, on uh, different teams. I'm an idiot. Sorry. What, uh, what I think is interesting, Gunnar, and I, I we have a lot of time to talk about this, and we could probably spend a lot of time as closing talking about this, but it's interesting that what sort of happens here is the dimensional shift um, that we see really at the end of Loki. Obviously, this all kind of ties together. So at the end of Loki, we see that there's multidimensional um, situations going on. The multiverse is is coming. We know that it's coming. But the multiverse here is introduced by that spell, essentially, and has nothing to do technically with, with the rift that happens in Loki. Yeah. But the the color ske- the the color schema of the multiverse um I, I think is the same as the multiverse split that we see at the end of Loki. So it's really weird that they're separate things, but do you think maybe they'll be connected later? I, I think they will. I think that because of what happened with He Who Remains, the yeah. the the mistake that Strange made had that much more of an impact on it, I think. And we'll find out. Okay. We'll okay. find out. So um, so ha- Happy walks in and on Peter, like pretty much naked and MJ, which is funny because this is obviously where May meets yeah. MJ for the first time. Um, and MJ <laughs> hands Peter a shirt. Uh, this is actually the same shirt he wore in Homecoming when he came back uh, from uh, the airport battle with Tony Stark. He was wearing right, right, right. That was kind of cool. Uh, we see the Daily Bugle set and we see that it's like, in his basement, like it's very low key, you know, it's obviously, I like this because it sets up when we see later how much Jameson has gained from this, uh, Spider-Man bashing. So, I mean, I guess oh, it, yeah. it's fair to say that a hundred percent, this is a different J Jonah Jameson than the one from the Toby verse. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Absolutely. Variant. Well, because they, they really make him like a info wars type mm-hmm. guy at the beginning of specifically he's in his basement, but in the, in the short amount of time from people finding out Peter Parker's Spider-Man yet to your point, he gains a lot of notoriety and, and obviously wealth from what is essentially fake news, which is that Peter Parker or Spider-Man are the reasons for the, are the reason for the city being destroyed versus what we know for is the case is Mysterio actually did that. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man saved, um, saved the city. Uh, but it's interesting uh, the di- the dynamics there. And I definitely don't want to delve into politics here, but I think we have to bring it up that um, there's just a dichotomy between um, info info wars and that, and that type of news versus and, and the fact that what we know for a fact is fake news and him gaining so much notoriety and money off of fake news and kind of what's going on in the real world that that stuff is definitely present here. And I thought it was just interesting the way they just, very slightly laced it in here. I don't think it was heavy handed, but it was definitely in here. Yeah. Yeah. So next I want to talk about uh damage control. Um, yeah. Which I find totally interesting in this. So the head damage control agent, agent Cleary is played by Arian Moed, who I don't know if you caught this or not, but he's probably most well known for playing Stewie in succession. Are you a succession fan? No, gotta watch. I have no succession. Idea what you're about. It's a HBO show. It is so good. It's probably the best, like, 
actual network tell by network, you know, actual television show. It's so good. Um, okay. But he plays Stewie, one of the characters on it. But as he interrogates Peter, I thought it was funny because they, they showed him taking a bunch of pictures of stuff like the star glasses and stuff. And you see a Porkins figure, which made me laugh. That <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was what, just for you, by the way. That wasn't for the general. I know. It was just for people like you. But I find the most fascinating thing is that he seems to know that Nick Fury is off world. Which we know Peter yeah. doesn't know because obviously in yeah. Far From Home, we find out that it's Talos. So it's interesting that this uh, damage control agent does know this, especially because at the end of uh, Winter Soldier, Nick Fury essentially goes into hiding. And yeah. he pops back up when needed. But like, I don't know. I, I find it strange that this guy would know that. That must mean that this guy is pretty high on damage. And does damage control now an offshoot of sword? Because I'm assuming that's where Fury is. He's on the sword ship. Uh, outside. Right. Well, and and they haven't actually called it the sword ship yet. Yeah, right? that's I mean, true. that's that's that is the assumption because that's we we we're assuming that sword is coming. Sword is the the space version of shield. Um, but. Um, and, and shield is just no more. I, I was surprised. I was surprised. I did. I guess I didn't really, I was just taking everything in. I didn't really understand the level of the level that this guy was at. That was interrogating, um, Aunt May and Peter and MJ. But yeah, when he said that, I'm like, why would he know that? Also, why would he say that? Why would he say, if that's the case, it's obviously a pretty covert mission. Why would he say that out loud? I, I just, it's everything. Especially to someone that doesn't know that, like. Obviously, Nick Fury doesn't want Peter to know that he's with Talos. Right. I mean, I think that, uh, you could say you could say that we could be reading too much into it. And maybe they just wanted to introduce, oh, well, we needed a vehicle to let Peter know that Nick Fury wasn't there. That just kind of in the back of his, his brain, Nick Fury wasn't around for that. Maybe that's how they did it. But I don't know. I, I just think everybody's a scroll. I'm just starting to think that everybody's a scroll now. That's, I like this Agent Cleary character. I hope he comes back. I think he'll be in Secret Invasion, I would imagine. Yeah, but probably. I, but I, 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 as him and uh, what was the guy from WandaVision that is actually not a bad guy, but they treat like a bad guy. Like he broke zero laws and like, we're locking you up because you're yeah. mean. Like, well, but, but that, yeah, that's the thing is like, it's really going to be interesting what they do with the scrolls because in Secret Invasion in the comic books the scrolls are definitely bad yeah, and they're yeah. bent on world domination and they have embedded themselves as scrolls within the Marvel universe over decades so that they could take over the world. That's not the scrolls that we have in the MCU. I mean the no, scrolls no, that we've no. seen in the MCU especially when you talk about Captain Marvel is they're good, they're refugees. Yeah. They were they work um, you know, for trying to so shield yeah, they work for Shield. I mean, they're they're Shield agents at this part. Sword sword agents, if anything. So they're not all 100 percent bad. So is it's it, really interesting to see how they handle it. Is it possible that Maria Hill really doesn't exist? That it's she's 100 percent always a scroll, and that's just that she's always no, uh, Talos's wife. No, well, I mean, that's the thing is, I think that you really have to take an account. It's hard. I had to. I had to. It's interesting because the scrolls didn't just show up. Those scrolls, those two, have been around since, since Captain before Marvel. Captain. Yeah, since before they've Captain been, America. Showed but up. they've been around before Maria Hill. 
before Maria Hill. So uh, yeah. there, there's a very good fact that she's not impersonating Maria Hill. She actually is Maria Hill. I mean, at that point, at that point, when we see them in the last Spider-Man movie, they have the scrolls. Those scrolls have been known and apparently working for either shield or sword for decades at yeah, this point. Yeah. I mean, they've been agents at for decades since the nineties, since the nineties, they've been working. This is the first time they show up that we know of, but yeah. you, you're right. Maria Hill could be just a scroll. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so, anyway, yeah, so yeah, I got more. We're, I got more. We're, so we, yeah, we find out in the scenes, Oh, this is my, this is my least favorite part of the whole movie. We find out that MJ's full name is Michelle Jones Watson. It's the first time we find out her name is Watson. Why? There's no need for it. <laughs> Just let her name be Michelle Jones. The Watson is so po- it's so forced. Yeah. It actually, I think, hurts this multiversal thing. Because now it's like, wait a minute. So is she Mary Jane's variant? If she was just a random person named Michelle Jones, I think it works so much better than forcing a Watson that no one is. They, they, they've gone two movies and never said the word Watson before. I just yeah. think it's stupid. I don't like it. I, I didn't notice it. I didn't even think about it at all. I mean, I, I figured they were. It, it doesn't make any sense why. Because they're just spending a lot of time back, backtracking off of a, a sort of an inside joke. In the first movie, yeah. Okay, she's actually MJ. Like that's the deal. Is at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, you can call me MJ. Like, ah, now we see. And then it that could be it. We don't need anything else. I really don't care either way. She could have a different name. Who cares? But then they're like, oh yeah, she is MJ Watson. Ah, still working on that joke from like eight years ago. It's fine. I don't care either way. To me, it's it's no different than like the fact that they gave us the origin of the vest in uh in Black Widow. Black Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I don't really see why you're spending time on this. I don't care either way, but that's fine. Let's move along. Yeah. So they're, as they're watching the news, uh, happy in them, and now now we see that it's, it's going from the focus being on Spider-Man to now Stark Industries is in all this trouble. And yeah. they show a picture in the news of happy and he's got the long hair. Um, which is like, at least used a good picture. I'm sure you caught that, but you know what that picture's from? I know that it's from Daredevil. No. Is it from Daredevil? No. Oh. That picture of Happy Hogan is from the opening of Iron Man 3. In that flashback to uh, the uh, Millennium with- Countdown, Happy had the long yeah. hair in that, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's what that was from. I thought it was. I thought you were gonna say. I I thought you were insinuating that it was from. Oh, that the Daredevil. His Foggy Nelson days, is, which they could use. They could do it. Awesome. It would be really funny. And speaking of Daredevil, the very next scene we see him, uh, we see him being talking to his lawyer, Matt Murdock, and uh, you know he's making his MCU debut just a few hours actually. After it's Wilson. not an MCU debut. It, he, debut. He's in the MCU. He was just on the show. I understand yeah, but it's on those Netflix. Titles are not technically MCU. Not they might be. They're canon. Up. They're well, canon. We don't they, know. They're we don't know. Intertwined. Yet. But they're I mean, intertwined at the MCU, right? Because we they they reference they reference they do, the, but they were a different company. Kevin Feige had nothing to do with it. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I imagine. I would that say he's an introduction to in. the Feige verse. I wouldn't say an introduction to the MCU. Well, the MCU is the Feige verse. The MCU is a specific sect of Marvel. I don't know. The X Men movies aren't MCU. Agents of Shield are not. The X Men movies are not. The X Men movies are not. But the the Netflix shows specifically reference battles from the MCU and are 
I mean, are triggered through actions that are happening in the MCU. Yeah, no, so I, agree. Or not I I just don't know. I mean, these guys could be variants. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they will bump them up to status of being on the same level as MCU. But yeah. uh, they should because they're awesome. Yeah, um, they're awesome. But anyway, so back when they were talking about all this stuff, uh, to, uh, Tony O'Brien, Tom Holland said that there was a scene... Now, what I remember him saying is there was a scene in a diner where he's talking to a superhero about superhero stuff. That scene did not exist in the movie. I'm wondering if this was that scene he's talking about. Because everyone was speculating that, oh, he's gonna he's talking to Matt Murdock. But they didn't mention anything about superhero stuff. So I don't know if that scene was cut from the movie or if this was that scene that they were know. talking about. But... Uh, it was great scene. Mac. In fact, that was my biggest takeaway from the movie. When they showed him, I was like, yeah, like that was my him catching your mirror because I, you know, there was all the speculation. Everyone thought he would be in it and it was yeah. cool to see him actually show up. Well, again, I know we spent a lot of the first half of this, this episode talking about Endgame, but again, they're doing in this movie what they did in Endgame, which was these these big payoffs yeah. it's not like what we have you and i've talked about where it's like i think this is going to happen i hope this happens all the stuff that you're like i hope this stuff happens daredevil uh cameos of other spider-man from other, other universes which everything happened into. for the most everything part. happens all of it happens and it's great it's great um, um so we we have a we have a lot of stuff to get into and we're still in the first 30 minutes of the movie yeah but um, i think a but majority I of my notes are in these first 30 minutes because there's so much cool stuff in it so um, okay, so they move into Happy's condo, and uh, we see that amongst the things that Happy has collected over the time is Tony's dumb e-robot, that thing, yeah. like Tony's best friend, if you will, at the beginning, but I thought that was cool um, to see, and dummy comes back a couple times. So then we go to school, and Betty Brandt, of course, is covering uh Spider-Man's return to school for the uh, the school news show, I guess, newscast, yeah. what they do. Uh, and one of the things she says is, go get him, Tiger, which is funny because that's kind of uh, MJ's saying in the comic, which right. is said several times in uh, the Raimi-verse. So yes. she says it a lot. And actually, uh, Betty Brant was in the Raimi-verse. In the Raimi's three Spider-Man movies, you know who played her in the Spider-Man movies? Yeah, it was, uh, what's her name from Zach and Mary Make a yes, Porno? Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Which is cool. I mean, that, I mean, this was before she was a big giant star, but yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I think that they were, I think that they had talked about possibly making her like a Catwoman. Like Betty Brant would come in as Catwoman, I think was a consideration. But no, uh, no, I think what you're confusing it in is. Black Cat Felicia Hardy was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I said Catwoman, not Catwoman, Black Cat. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, but I think Thank that's you. what you're thinking because Felicia, um, what's her name from Rogue One? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. She, she, was in the, she is in the Raimi-verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that's what, you're, right. you're confusing it because, uh, yes, that, you are confusing it, but they, they kind of did the same thing, so. Um, yeah. Okay, so as they're walking to school, Flash walks up with now his bleach blonde hair, and he has a book called Flashpoint, which, is that just a dig on DC, you think? 
I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty funny. Yeah. And then my favorite Easter egg, Peter walks in and behind, as he's walking up the stairs, there's this big like mural of all these famous scientists and a bunch of Marvel Easter eggs on that, that mural. So I don't know if you caught them all, but um, one of them was Dr. Erskine, who was the guy that made the super soldier serum. Oh, okay. Girl. Behind him to the left a little bit is Howard Stark. The, uh, the version of him from Iron Man played by, uh, I'm sorry. No, no. The version of him from the Iron Man movies um, played by um, the guy from uh, uh, Mad Men. Mad Men. Yeah. 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 Did you catch those? Uh, no, no, I didn't. And then next to them, next to uh, Erkstein is Einstein, and behind Einstein, Hank Pym. So no, I didn't see that. Yep. So I did not three see that. of those, and in Spider-Man: Homecoming, they have a they have a, there's a shot of all these famous scientists, and one of them was Bruce Banner. So I was looking on the the band the, uh, on the mural to see if Bruce Banner was there. I didn't see him, but I know he was referenced earlier. And then Peter goes up the stairs and he's greeted by the Holy Trinity of awesome supporting teachers, talking about Coach Wilson, played by Hannibal Burris, Mister Bell, JB Smoon, and Mister Harrington, Martin Starr. So, um, but besides the three Spider-Man movies, you know that Martin Starr showed up in another MCU title. Martin Starr did as a kid. He was a kid, right? He was in, in college. college. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah. in uh, Incredible Hulk. That's right. Yeah. So uh, Coach Wilson played by Hannibal Burris. I did think it's funny because Coach Wilson kept saying Mysterio's right. Mysterio's right. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. remember in Homecoming, he called Captain America a war criminal. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal. So yeah, <laughs> I know that's kind of staying on. Yeah, brand. but that was during Civil War. That was during Civil War. That was hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty much him just staying on brand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then they go to the roof, and the main stars are talking about college, and Peter says he can do Spider-Man things in Boston. They have crime there, and then one of my favorite jokes is. Uh, is uh, Ned going, yeah, wicked crime, man. Wicked crime. (laughs) It's just kind of funny. All right, so then uh, we get a little montage of the college admission letters, and we see during this montage that Dumb E is building the Lego Death Star. Yeah. Which is awesome. And, of course, the last time he drops it, like Spider-Man does. Um, But it's just kind of cool. I, that's they did such a great job with that character in Iron Man. Um, I like that he still pops up. Yeah. I love that he was in there. That was great. Well, I love that Spider Man is really continuations. It's it's really more than anything. Spider Man is a spinoff of Iron Man. If you look at the movie, it's solely the movies. Yeah. It's a spinoff. And of we'll Iron get Man. into that at the end. I want to talk about what we think the future of this this series is going to be. But yeah. um, a couple more things. Um, Doctor Strange. We notice if you watch the first trailer that this scene is a lot different than it was in the trailer. Right. So the scene in Dr. Strange in the trailer, Wong tells strange specifically do not cast that spell. And uh, so to which he goes, I won't. And then he winks at Spider-Man, Dr. Strange. Well, in this movie, Wong says, just leave me out of this. 
and walks through right. the portal. So right, right. It's trickery. Do you, do you think that that was a Marvel misdirect, or do you think yeah. that yeah that they just decided you know what let's go with this instead? I think it's a misdirect. I think that that's, that they're constantly doing that. They the trailers are definitely used to kind of manipulate how we go into the movie, which is really really smart. Um, Honestly, but what we didn't, you didn't mention is that Wong is now the, it's uh, my next note. So we found okay. out Wong is now Sorcerer Supreme. And right. I said, why is he fighting Abomination? <laughs> the Sorcerer Supreme, which <laughs> yeah. we've already covered, but, um, yeah, I honestly, you know what I think? This is my, my honest thought. I think they wanted to go off of all this Mephisto hype from, uh, WandaVision and I think they overplayed it. They made sure that they pointed out for a whole two seconds that sign of Peter that says devil in disguise. And then they're showing this strange version of Doctor Strange that's acting nothing like Doctor Strange. And we know from the, was it One Fine Day or is it uh, whatever that comic is, that Mephisto is a big part of Spider-Man. So I think... They were, I think that was an alternative take. I think at one You're talking time, about one more day. One more day. Spider-Man, sorry. yeah. I know you love one fine day, so I'm just trying to. I do. I do it. love one fine day. So I think they were just kind of like, wait a minute. Let's get all, all these crazies theorizing about Mephisto. Because you, it works you're so the well. only crazy. <laughs> Go talk about no. Mephisto. It's so, just you. During Mephisto's not happening. Everywhere. I don't understand. <laughs> so, all right. Um. So then I have here, uh, okay, that's not what I Okay, so the original spell was to make everyone forget that he was Spider-Man. Right, right. So this whole movie could have been avoided had he just let it go through and then left the Sanctum Sanctorum and go, MJ, I'm Spider-Man. Right. No harm, no foul. Right. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, but then we wouldn't have had this awesome movie. So I'm fine Right. Um... So we're going. Are you want to do the whole bridge thing now? Or? Yeah. So that's the next the next level we're at after the spell. After that happens, we're on the bridge. Um, and we haven't even as as much as we've been talking about. It, this is where the movie really takes off. I mean that that was the first thirty minutes. I we actually spent more time talking about the movie than we're actually into the movie. But the this is where um, Doctor Octopus again, now played by Alfred Molina, shows up. Now they uh, aged him, right? Because he looked really they, good. They did. I could not tell. Neither, I just thought and, he looked great. And I think the same with uh, uh, Willem Dafoe. I mean, he looked yeah. great too. They looked. How is it that they look so great, but Luke Skywalker looked terrible in The Mandalorian? I yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, they didn't. I don't know how much they did. Alfred Molina still looks great. I mean, I've seen him on press like for the press junket stuff for this movie, he still looks great. I don't know how much they did to de-age him, but I, I found out that they did. And I was surprised because he looked great, but Alfred, now we have Alfred Molina showing up as Dr. Octopus, knowing that it's Peter Parker. Uh, they, they battle uh, Alfred Molina. Dr. Octopus takes uh, some of the nanotechnology from Spider-Man's suit and uses it on his octopus arms. At at first, obviously, it's a negative for Peter, but now Peter can take over those octopus arms, which is how he's able to quickly defeat Dr. Octopus, which I thought was crazy. But then as he's defeated Dr. Octopus, uh, Pumpkin Bomb shows up and Green Goblin is there. Green Goblin, full Mighty Morphin Power Ranger suit, shows up. 
And as they're about to battle, now he's got two villains that he's about to fight, and you think the movie's going to take off. Doctor Strange whips in a strange portal and takes them away. So the next scene is really just Doctor Strange explaining to us that the spell that they used opened up the multiverse. And now everybody who knows, this is very specific, everybody from the multiverse that knows Spider-Man is Peter Parker has found a door or some people that know that Spider-Man is Peter Parker in the different dimensions have come to this universe, which is a very stupid premise for a very awesome situation. So now that is why we have Dr. Octopus. That is why we have uh, Green Goblin. And then Dr. Strange creates a little uh, a magic suit, a new suit for Spider-Man because he gets a new suit in every movie where he can track down these people from the multiverse. And we go to the first person he tracks down, which is Electro. So now we have, at this point, three villains we know from the multiverse, which is Electro. Electro is important because that is not a... Uh, both Dr. Octopus and Green Goblin are from the Raimiverse. um the, the what's that the Raimiverse, the Raimiverse, right exactly from the Raimiverse. but electra showing up is not from the Raimiverse. this is the andrew garfield spider-man spider-man 2 which is amazing spider-man 2 which a lot of people don't like i love it i will always stand by andrew garfield being the best spider-man some people are now a lot of people now are agreeing with me after this movie um but jamie fox shows up jamie fox is not the same uh, Max Dillon that we saw in Spider-Man 2, though, which is interesting. Amazing Spider-Man 2. He's a lot cooler. He was not a cool guy at all in the original um, Spider-Man 3. He's much cooler and uh, confident himself uh, in this, and he looks completely different. He's not he's not blue, really. Um, but as Spider-Man is fighting, I guess he before he fights Electro, he fights the Sandman. Right? Well, Electro tries to electrocute him, and Sandman pops into. That's what it is. That's what it is. And and then yeah, so Sandman now shows up. This Sandman is also from the Raimiverse. He only stays as Sand. We'll definitely get into that. Uh, and he is essentially sort of a good guy. He's sort of like the middle ground. But now we have at this point four villains from multi from Spider-Man multiverses have shown up with Sandman, Electro. Uh, they pull both Electro and Sandman into these. Cages, essentially. Actually, that, five, if you count. Uh, the, I almost called him the lobster, the lizard. I was going to say, as they pulled into the cages, they show up, and now the lizard has been caught. Which all that seems. What's funny is it all seems to be happening very fast. But again, it's because there's just so much going on in this movie that capturing these villains is really a precursor to the main villain of this movie, which is William Defoe's Green Goblin. And before we get into the return of William Defoe when he shows up um, with Aunt May, uh, I want to say that that is the this is I love William Defoe in this. I love him, and I you hate, hate William him. Defoe. <laughs> I hate him so much. In everything it started for me in Boondock Saints. He was just terrible in Boondock Saints at the time. I thought that was a good movie, but it's not. But before we get into to him really killing these people, I think the the bef- I want to end it on. Uh, Spider-Man's kind of battle with Doctor Strange. Um, you know, I, I did, I did, I love William Defoe in this. But when we see William Defoe, he is not the evil Green Goblin William Defoe. He is now uh, Harry Osborn. He is, you know, shows up at feast where uh, Aunt May works. He's essentially just down in his luck trying to figure things out. He doesn't really. He's disoriented. Doesn't really know what's going on. Is not the Green Goblin as as. You know, I, I don't believe it's it's like a yeah, split personality situation. Yeah, I have that later in my notes. We can talk yeah. about that later. We don't know if he's faking it or not, but he shows up at feast as William Defoe. So Spider-Man brings brings Norman Osborn 
to Doctor Strange, who's created these cages, all of the villains are now there. It's five, right? Five total, which is interesting to go just short of six. Well, six is a very specific number. Well, I know, but that's interesting. That means that they're going to show the center. Like they stop short of six of five because they're not, they're obviously going to do the sinister six at some point. But yeah, so he showed William Defoe is now in the cage and Dr. Strange is essentially going to send them back to their universes. Totally fine. But finds out that the reason they were all brought to this universe the second before they were about to die. So by sending them back to their universes, Dr. Strange is essentially killing them. And that's where Peter kind of decides he's not going to do that and takes off with this box that Dr. Strange is going to use to fix the multiverse. Um, and that's we'll, we'll leave it there. Gunner. There's a lot of stuff to talk about that there. But what do you got? Yeah. So um, as Peter goes to see the admissions lady on the bridge, we find out that a bunch of the stuff in his in his Stark tech suit are no longer working. So like face recognition and it's a different voice. And I think that's because all that Stark tech was like seized by the government. So oh. yeah, I mean that's something yeah, I found yeah. interesting. Um, uh, and it's probably just from the fallout from all the drones and materials. So uh, I said, Alfred Molina shows up, and we find out that. So this is this is kind of going off what you last said. Alfred Molina, Doc Ock shows up, and we found out he was transported there um, from the moment right before he was about to die in Spider-Man Two. Um, so we'll get to that in a second, but if you notice, there's some continuity issues there because he's wearing sunglasses and those sunglasses were destroyed in the movie by Aunt May. She hit him in the face with her umbrella when they were at the bank. So those sunglasses were broken. So that's, (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) So he should not have worn those sunglasses. That is a that is a problem. I, I can't believe they did that. So, uh, Doc Ock was impressed by the nanotech, which is interesting because nanotech was mentioned in Spider Man. I want to say by Green Goblin. It's one of the things he was working on. So that makes sense. So yeah, nanotech actually mentioned before the MCU. Uh, so as they're getting ready to fight, Strange transports Peter and Doc Ock to the Sanctum, which he uses that same technique. He used in Ragnarok, where he kind of throws the portal at you. So yeah. the portal goes through you. You don't go through the portal, which is kind of cool. Um, and we find out there that he captured uh, Dr. Connors, a.k.a. the Lizard. Right. So Ned and MJ show up in the Sanctum, and Ned mentions that magic runs in his family. And I also found it interesting that he seemed to know what the Sanctum Sanctorum is. Is that like a known thing? Or is it like a secret thing? I don't know. How is it in the comic? Does everyone know about it? What do you mean about the sanctum? You mean where... The like, fact does everyone that know Strange... that that's a special place where these magicians live? And... Or well, is that's it... the house. I mean, the Sanctum Sanctorum is, is in New York. Yeah, I know. It's just... It's called that. I know, but is it like a known thing? Like, everyone knows yeah. about it? Oh, okay. Everybody know. knows about it. Yeah. In the, in the comic books, it's one of those things where it's just... It's a known building it's it honestly it shows up everywhere it's one of the easy ones they can show the background because of that window yeah, the window the, yeah the the it, there's a part there's a time where the avengers live there it's a uh sect of avengers after civil war in the comic books there's like a, a group of underground avengers that live in the second so it's a known place it's like it's like the empire state building honestly. Oh, okay that's cool that's yeah. cool i just didn't know yeah. i thought that was interesting um so then doc ock admits to knowing green goblin which are uh, admitting to knowing how Green Goblin died. 
yeah. and admitting that he knew that he was Green Goblin, which doesn't make sense because what in the movies it was not it was never said like it was never known that Green that uh, that uh, Osborne was the Green Goblin. In fact, Harry didn't even find out until late in the second movie. So I don't think it, I mean, they mentioned later and we could talk about that, but, uh, I will, we'll talk about it later, but yeah, we, the world there never knew that that's how Osborne died getting stabbed. Well, I body. guess because the, notoriously before Wilhelm Defoe dies as Harry Osborne, he says, don't tell Harry. And then he dies. Exactly. And that, yeah, I think no that's the deal knew, is no yeah. one really knows. He kind of carries that around. That's true. I mean, there. I mean, it, it was a vehicle for the movie. I think that they 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 did that so that they could kind of so that Osborne could give them some background on who we have. We have the the dialogue on Green Goblin that we get from um, Doctor Octopus. I think they had to they did that so that he would have some background. Otherwise, there's no connection. Yeah. But it's easily. I mean, if they wanted to easily explain away by well, it's a multiverse. It's not, may not necessarily be a hundred percent. The Raimi verse, you know, it may be a little bit of skew where it's like instead of Earth six six one seven, it's six one eight, where it's yeah, just yeah. a little bit off, and then they can easily explain that. But yeah, I, I, that and, and maybe that's why Gunner, because he's from the different, just a skewed a little bit. And that universe, he two things happen: he knows about Harry Osborne, knows that he was a Green Goblin, and Aunt May uh, did not break his just, glasses. <laughs> it hit a little to the right and missed his glasses entirely, which explains everything. It explains yeah. everything. So, Peter, we talked about uh, ends up meeting Electro and Sandman, and we find out Electro got his body back, and Peter, Peter sent him back to the Sanctum. Uh, so this I found interesting, because Max recognizes the lizard, and he actually calls him Connors. Now, in his reality, Doc Ock is friends with Dylan Baker's Connors. So why would he not mention that? Why would he not say, you're not Dr. Connors, I'm friends with Dr. Connors. Are we led to are we led to ignore the fact that are we supposed to just forget that Dr. Connors, the lizard, was played by Dylan Baker in the Raimi verse? Yes, they're they're always forgetting. They're always gonna make us forget us because forget it because he would have been a fantastic lizard. That would have been awesome. Yeah. If that if they got to play that out, that would have been great. But yeah, I think that they want us to forget that. Also, He's got a lot of other things going on. He may not. I mean, he's a lot smarter than a lot of other people in this room. You know, I think Dr. Octavius knows that we're dealing with multiverse. So there's probably other Doc Connors in the world. So he, maybe they're not connected to that dots. But I think I think I would explain it that way. Um, so then Norman goes to see Aunt May. And we find out that Norman and Oscorp don't exist in this universe. And uh, Norman's clothes are a lot more comic accurate than the Power Ranger suit. Because he's yeah, wearing that purple awesome. hoodie. It's great. The- it's so awesome what they do. Like they make him the Green Goblin from the comic books, which is it's so cool because that would be super, that would that would be hard to do. I would think that would be Kevin hard to Feige do. But he is so good at that. It's so, so good. good but at that. The fact that he breaks that helmet, yeah. which is again, I I know they're doing that on purpose because that if you everybody, even people that are just love the Rainiverse, really hate the suit. The helmet, the, the Power Ranger, it's just, it's just so, even saying in a Power Ranger suit is just so cliche now because everyone just thinks of it that way. Mm-hmm. But he breaks that helmet and now he's a comic accurate Green Goblin. It's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then a couple more things before we catch up to where we are. Um, May actually tells Peter that they can't just send him back, that he needs to help them 
which of course will be her undoing later. Uh, yeah. We get a quick shot of the bugle and we see now that it's like a real news set and stuff, not just his mom's basement, uh, Jameson's mom's basement. Um, so here's, here's the point that I, here's something that I want to point out. So Norman talks Octavius and Marco points out that they both die fighting Spider-Man. So Marco actually said that it was in the news and they said exactly how Osborne died. So Oct points, which again, must've been after Spider-Man three, because at the point of Spider-Man three, no one knows this, I think. So anyway, uh, Octavius points out that he was trans, he transferred dimensions right as he had Peter by the throat in Spider-Man two. Now Max says he was absorbing the data when he was transported. And we also saw at the end of, uh, let there be carnage that Eddie Brock transported upon finding out that Peter was Spider-Man. So it looks like they're transported at the time they found out Peter was Spider-Man and not right as they were about to die. Because we know Marco lived at the end of Spider-Man three. He didn't die. Yeah. And we don't know that Electro died then. We know that he absorbed the data. And so I imagine among that data was the fact that Osborne or that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. And that's why he left at that point. I, I, I had all intentions of going back to find out when exactly, um, when exactly Doc Ock found out that he was Spider-Man. And so interesting. And now I didn't put this in my notes, but I seem to remember also that the lizard pointed out that he was in the sewer when he found out. And if you remember in that movie, he found the camera that said property of Peter Parker. So that yeah. seems about the time that he went. So now we know that four people now went back at the moment that they found out that he was Peter. Doc Ock, it's unconfirmed. He would be the fifth. Sixth would be Green Goblin, which I don't know officially when they, that doesn't, they don't actually say when he ended up back there, but when did he officially find out? Wasn't it at Thanksgiving dinner when he saw the cut, Peter's cut? I don't know. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting once we get, you know, we watch this a hundred more times and we actually dissect this, but it seems like they're not transferred the moment they're about to die seems like they're transferred the moment they found found out about Peter. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something I found interesting. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, Connors doesn't die in Amazing Spider-Man 2. He lived at the end of that movie. So interesting. So then uh, I I don't remember where we. Oh, uh, we did we get into the fight? We left off right as he as the fight. So then uh, Spider-Man and Doc Ock go through a multidimensional fight. Is what is this? Is this area called something? When he's it's the he's mirror fighting? dimension. Mirror dimension. So they go through a mirror dimension fight. First fight scene in the movie. Technically, I mean the Doctor Octopus thing was two seconds, but this fight scene is Doctor Strange versus Spider Man. That's a big thing in comic books when they do team ups or meetups. The good guys always fight each other for a little bit, um, and then they they find a resolution. They kind of work it all out. They don't resolve it immediately after this. We don't see Doctor Strange. Spider-Man technically wins, leaves Doctor Strange in the in the mirrorverse, takes the box with him, and we don't see Doctor Strange till the end of this movie. Yeah, like that's it, and then he doesn't show up. Ned, what we do see is that Ned gets Doctor Strange powers, 
right? And and well, that'll come up later. So he can now kind of portal people in the way that Doctor Strange was doing it. Um, how did he get those powers? I forget how he got. Um, well, so we find out earlier that he says he's his grandma said magic runs as his family, and yeah, as Peter is as Peter is escaping the mirror dimension, he steals a sling ring. That's right, the sling ring. So. So yeah, that's so he gets it to Ned. So now Ned can create these portals that'll come up later. Very important. Well, I don't think uh, he did it for Ned to create the portals. I just no, think no, no, he's no, like, no, here, no. hold this. I don't want Doctor Strange coming back. Right. No, I don't think he did it for that. It's just a way. It's a way to create that ability that's definitely going to be needed later in the movie. So essentially, the they decide that instead of sending these guys back and killing them, what they're going to do is they're going to cure them. That's that's what they do. So they go to the apartment where they're staying, which is Happy's apartment. They are working on cures. At this point, Norman Osborn, still very happy Norman Osborn. They do create a one cure, which is for Dr. Octopus. And then Norman Osborn becomes Norman Osborn, becomes the Green Goblin um, and is taking them out. It doesn't go well uh, during that fight. A lot of bad stuff happens. And obviously we'll get into that. Um, And then at the what I want to leave it on, Gunner, is right when Ned and MJ are looking for Spider-Man and Ned is able to use that portal creator to find them and say, hey, this will take us to, to Spider-Man. Where is he? And the Spider-Man that shows up, the first Spider-Man that shows up, and I saw this in the theater. I know you did, too. Uh, this was a big cheering section for for the, uh, my movie theater. Spider-Man shows up, jumps out of the portal. It actually looks kind of shitty. I don't care because he rips off his mask. And it's Andrew goddamn Garfield. And it's amazing. Yeah. And then the second the second portal that they open is goddamn Tobey Maguire. And I was thinking not, the same thing that they point Spider-Man. out later, that he looks like a youth pastor. And he looks like a youth pastor. Youth pastor. And he does. You and I know a lot. A few. And he does look like a youth, youth pastor. But yeah, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield show up. And obviously this is exciting. Bad things are happening for Peter, unfortunately, because they're... Uh, you know, he's he's fighting. These guys have decided that they're they don't want to be cured. Matt, Matt Dillon, for for example, very specifically does not want to be cured. He likes having his powers, doesn't like it. Lizard, they kept in the truck. Lizard's breaking out of the truck. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson shows up to cap because he's found out that Spider-Man is there at Happy's apartment. So he wants to kind of break that out. So the news is there to kind of see this whole thing go down. And it kind of ends in a bad way. I'll let, we'll kind of get into what happens to Peter at the end of this. Um, but then essentially Green Goblin is Green Goblin in full force, super strong, takes so many punches to the face from Spider-Man who has super strength, laughs them off uh, and takes off. So Spider-Man definitely is going to need some help to take these guys out. But up until Tobey Maguire shows up as the youth pastor, Andrew, Andrew Garfield, got a lot of stuff happens. What do you got? Okay, so let's, uh, let's get back to Strange. Uh, Strange shows up. Um, and like you said, he's going to send him back to the universe, but thanks to May, uh, Peter thinks that he should help them. And, uh, so man, I just, I want to, I, why I'm re-mentioning this. What at this point, the first time I watch it, my one thought is, man, it would be awesome if they cured them and just let them stay in the MCU. Kind of. I thought that would be great. You know, maybe Happy would hire Octavius and Connors and Osborne to work at Stark. And then maybe, you know, he they would overtake it and Oscorp would come out of the ashes of Stark. Like, I just thought in my mind, man, because the idea of Green Goblin and Doc Ock not being in this universe is kind of sad to me. 
Let them be in well, there. Give them a bigger role where they can go on for multi stuff. But that's, I mean, that's interesting. The doctor, Doc Ock is the only one that's, that would be essentially cured and still get to keep his power. But in my, in my mind is we're getting to the point where Peter's trying to cure them. No, I know. But when he does cure Dr. Octopus yeah. and he, and when Dr. Octopus is cured, Dr. Ock, Doc Ock still has his arms. So he still has, it's all the good and it's yeah. all the good stuff from both, exactly. right? The bad version, and the good version, but everybody else, if they were cured, uh, Max Dillon, uh, Doc Connors, it's Sandman. They would just be people. They would just be regular people. So it's less interesting. But the Doc Ock thing is interesting. Well, Connors still is still a Doc doctor. Ock. I mean, he worked for. Uh, he well, yeah, that's not a superpower though. I mean, he no, wouldn't be. No, but that's I, I just, things like these guys would end up working for. And now you have these guys that are potentially evil. I mean, there's stuff that could. Ha- I don't know. I just think it yeah. would have been. Then again, I think had had. Uh, Disney bought Sony and not Fox that they were bringing these guys in full time. I think maybe we would have seen something like that, but they got to pay rights to Sony when they use these characters, which kind of sucks. So anyway, I think think we do need to talk about, I don't know if it's in your notes, the fact that for, for the lizard and for Sandman, it's a, it is. I know what you're asking. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Um, and if it's not, when I say what I think you're going to say, you can pop them. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. So, um, so as they fight the scene where strange ejects Peter from his body is the coolest thing that happened in this movie. I thought just the whole, like he's coming in and he sends him out. Like, and then I wrote in my notes, coolest thing that happened in this movie. And then as soon as I hit period in my notes, uh, Tom Holland goes, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, which made me <laughs> laugh because him and I brain wise on the same thing. Um, so then uh, we go back and after the fight was strange and Peter explains his plan, Osborne offers to help and he says, I'm something of a scientist myself, which of course his famous line in Spider-Man. And I'm not going to lie. Every time I've seen this movie and that line has popped up, I've laughed loudly. Every time in the theater, Laugh loudly. I know it's coming. I still think it's funny. In fact, I'm some. I'm a bit of a dumb laugh for myself. I tend to laugh in movies that no one else laughs, and I laugh ridiculously hard. And there's been several times, Chris, you might not even know this from going to many movies with me, where people have waited outside of a theater to be like, I knew that was your laugh. <laughs> That's funny. Like when we were in, when we watched uh, Dead Man on Campus, uh, at Johnson, when the crazy guy, by the way, in Peacemaker, a crazy guy, and everyone go, everyone sees his math award and like, hey, look, it's a dildo. And the crazy guy comes in and he goes, hey, a math award. And I start dying laughing. <laughs> Only person laughing in the theater. That was funny. But uh, that's just how I roll. So this was my math award moment. Um, so then at Happy's, Max and Clint uh, talk and tell their stories, which of course ends with, Better watch where you fall since they both became their villainous selves by falling into places. Yeah. Um, so then Goblin turns on Peter. So I put this in my notes and we could talk about this. You kind of alluded to it earlier. I said, was Norman in control since the dumpster until this fight or did Goblin? Yeah. Just take I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that this is a super ultra manipulative green Goblin. So probably, but he, that's just, I don't know, man, that that's a lot for him to really for him to completely comprehend that he's somehow in another dimension 
needs to show up. I don't know. Like, why would he show up at feast? It's just, it's on one side, it's too convenient, but on the other side, it's like, he would have to be really intuitive to know that going to feast somehow brings Spider-Man. Like, why would that, why would they connect that? He would have to know. I mean, unless he found, you know, Aunt May and, and knew it was like, Oh, the Aunt May in this universe probably is the same Aunt May as, as from my universe and made those, but that's a lot of, that's a that seems like a bit of a stretch. I, I think he showed up and just conveniently it just happened, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think that he broke the helmet. I mean, he he did abandon his suit. I mean, when he could have done that, but I don't know. He could have been in control the whole time because eventually he does that, you know, right at the perfect time to pounce on Peter and deals a huge blow. So if he did plan it out, it wouldn't surprise me. And, and everything went according to plan, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So um I have, uh, I don't know how, I can't remember how far we actually, oh, we went to Ned, never mind. So, um, obviously there's a the big fight. Aunt May unfortunately dies, does not get killed by the pumpkin bomb. She gets killed because she gets stabbed in the stomach by the glider. Um, and of course she says Uncle Ben's famous line, but her line is a little different. Her line is actually much closer to the actual line from the comics. Where she says, uh, with great power, I didn't even write it down. I'm sorry. Uh, With great power comes great responsibility. Well, that's the line in the movie, but in the comic, it's actually great power. I don't know. It's it's the line that Aunt May says. I'm sorry. The line, the line in the in the comics and the movie is with great power comes great responsibility. Well, no, that's but it's worded a little differently in the comic, in the original comic, and they use that wording here. And I didn't write it down. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Uh But uh, uh, so damage control shows up, and they just start shooting Peter, which I don't understand why. I, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't make any sense. I mean, they just, I think because of the, he's still kind of under investigation for, I mean, he's not out of the woods on the investigation for the Mysterio thing. Like they don't know for a fact that he's not guilty of it yet. Yeah. This would be like his second offense. He, he, he could be up to his same old tricks. But he's yelling and, and for was, help for Aunt May and they just start shooting him. He's saying help. help yeah. Helps. I mean, there's no, yeah. I mean, I think they're just gun happy and they think that he's, he's the bad guy that they've kind of pushed him as being. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, I think it's just, it's obviously, it's a V. I, well, I think it's because that even though he's, he's yelling, I mean, he's, they don't understand his powers. They know that he's pretty powerful. They know that he was able to, uh, if, if they believe what, what the fake news is that he was, he's got, he, he could take them all out if he wanted to. So they can't give him an inch. I think that's why. Yeah. So last thing I'll say before we get back in uh, at Ned's house, at Ned's, I don't know if it's his house or his grandma's house. Uh, we find out that Ned does have the affinity for magic. So I saw this movie last Friday. So this movie's been out for over a month. And when Andrew Garfield walked, when he took that mask off and it revealed Andrew Garfield, people in my theater gasped and started cheering. Like it's been out for a month and a half and there's still people that didn't know. Yeah, it's great. Which I found ridiculously insane yet totally awesome and it's i started choking up in the theater again man i'm a puss now like literally i cry all the time i don't i don't know so uh so yeah that's uh that's all i have until we get the three peters uh getting back together yeah so at this point we are at the three peters andrew garfield has been super andrew garfieldy um, Ned brought them there while looking for, while trying to find Andrew, by trying to find Tom Holland, Spider-Man. 
Um, we're gonna have to call them by their actor names because that's what I did in my notes. I put yeah, Andrew yeah. or Garfield, and they just keep ca- talking about Peter Parker because although Peter I do like, and I, that was my favorite scene where Ned's like Peter, and they all three go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" He goes, "Oh, Peter Parker." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all all. Peter Parker. Oh, Peter Parker. All and then, of course, you know, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, and, of course, Andrew Garfield, who is, like, the middle child here, is, yeah, yeah. I'm number three. I get it. No one yeah. cares about me. Which is hilarious. but he, Which yeah. is part but of what makes him great. It's great. He's so good. Well, because that's the thing, is, like, I, I think I would never say, like, he's the best Peter Parker. He's my Peter Parker. I think that's the best thing about him, is he's a cool guy, for sure, but he's always kind of, like, he's always fighting uphill. And Tobey Maguire did, for sure, um, obviously until the, the third one where it just all went off the rails and he, everything was going well for him as Venom, but Andrew Garfield was very much just down in his leg. It was a grittier Spider-Man. I just, I really, really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, not the movies necessarily. The movies weren't great. The villains weren't great. The lizard was terrible actually, but the Andrew Garfield's a fantastic Spider-Man and he blows up here. I mean, everybody is talking mostly about Andrew Garfield yeah. coming back and how good he was and how he just really got a bad rap. It, it really because of how it went with Sony and just because of those movies weren't didn't weren't received very well. It, was, it really wasn't fair. His his Spider-Man never really got a fair shake. I think the suit obviously didn't help. It was not a very good Spider-Man suit either. But this is it. This is him coming back. This is him being awesome. Now, did, as you, Spider-Man. did you ever see the movie Molly's Game? No. So that's a great movie. It's about uh, Molly Bloom, who was a snowboarder who ended up starting this like high end poker room anyway one of the 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 characters in the movie played by michael Sarah from arrested development oh i have seen that i have seen that yeah. that his character is based on toby mcguire they never come out and say it in the movie but they oh, they reference well, but- it they keep calling him the cgi piece of shit but they never come out and tell you but i i, I one day i was like i wonder they're talking about and it's toby mcguire so i don't want to like Toby Maguire because in that movie they turned him into a dick. Um, well, he was in uh, Plum. What's it called? Uh, the movie where it, the crap. Toby Maguire is tons of good stuff. Don's Plum. No, no, no. But there's a movie called Don's Plum. Do you know what that is? No. It's essentially documentary style, and it's Leonardo DiCaprio, Toby Maguire. Oh, I, well, I knew um, they were all roommates. Ryan they're all Philippi roommates. Yeah, but they're all basically. Douchebags. Yeah, yeah. And and that is like it's it's really about them as as who they actually are. Tobey Maguire is a notorious douchebag. I don't care. I don't I don't care. But I love I, mean, I, I love his Spider-Man so much. It to me, because that's what I grew up like when that's my f- real first introduction to Spider-Man. Like when I think of Batman, yeah, Michael Keaton was great, and I love all those movies. But let's be honest, my introduction to Batman was Adam West. But yeah. and my my introduction to the X Men Wolverine is Hugh Jackman. He will always have that special place in my heart. Tobey Maguire is my Spider Man. Now he's not my favorite. I, I actually think Tom Holland's my favorite Spider Man. I think Tom uh, Holland's my favorite Spider Man. I, I I mean I really really like Andrew Garfield. But Garfield definitely that, moved up a lot. In, yeah, and not just in these movies, but in my rewatching of the the. He's it just I think he's. But again, I I think it's not fair to. Andrew Garfield, he didn't get a fair shake. I think if True. if Andrew Garfield came in with all the backing that Tom Holland has, the just just the right. He was in the wrong back. place at the wrong time. A, right, right, right. He was playing Spider-Man in an offshoot universe while MCU is becoming the biggest thing in the world. And two, right. that Sony leak crushed him. Those two things don't happen. What Sony leak? The Sony leak where uh, all that information got leaked. 
And uh, they were talking about how they were going to fire him because he he didn't show up for some event. And oh, okay. So between those yeah, two but- things, he just kind of got screwed out of everything. But I'm yeah, but glad I this, like, I, I want more of these three. They, we'll talk about that later. It's, it's well, and that's really the rest of the movie is them doing stuff. I mean, essentially, they show up and all three Spider-Men meet at Tom Holland's lowest moment where he has now lost Aunt May. Aunt May died uh, in the, the fight with Doc Ock, or I'm sorry, the fight with Green Goblin. Um, Aunt May's lost. He's at the bottom of the barrel, the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up to, to, to basically walk Tom Holland through his grief. Uh, and, and then kind of t- talking about theirs, it's a little cumbersome until Andrew Garfield starts talking about losing Gwen Stacy and, and Andrew Garfield out of the gate, out of the gate with this, this monologue here about Gwen Stacy and how he, how he handled the grief takes over this movie. I think I, I honestly think he takes over as this, I know it's just me because I like Andrew Garfield so much, but this is Andrew Garfield Spider-Man's movie until they leave. It's like, hey, you're along for the Andrew Garfield ride because he does a great job there. We're they, along for the rides. Toby and Tom Holland are just uh, other Spider-Man. Those are the the backgrounds. They're and just Odie's or whatever Garfield's and, dog friend and is. May, and maybe other people look at it differently, obviously because of you know what their tie is. But I just love Andrew Garfield. I think he does such a great job in this movie. I think he gets real retribution here. But he comes in. They obviously they come up with the plan of still curing them. That's what they're still going to do. They're not going to kill. Uh, but Peter uh, Tom Holland can't necessarily promise that he's not going to kill Green Goblin because he killed Aunt May. They're working on the cure. They're working on a plan. To, to cure all of them, all of these, the five villains. Um, we know that Dr. Octopus is actually already cured, but to cure these five villains and they essentially create the cures for each. They each create their own cures because all three of these Spider-Men are scientists. We don't really get to see a lot of that in either the, in either the movies that they're all actually smart and scientists and doing that, but it's really actually, cool to see every them single one of these villains are scientists except Clint Marco. Yeah, 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 yeah. They all Which work is- for Oscorp except Clint Marco. No, that's nice. But it, but you also get to see the Peter Parkers kind of be scientists yeah. and, and do those He's kind of things. He's a bit of a it scientist was, himself. I know. <laughs> but that's a, it, it was interesting to see them interact as Peter Parkers. I mean, as interesting as it was, to, it, it's super fun to see them interact as Spider-Man. But as Peter Parkers, was really, really cool to fit that in. It didn't feel shoehorned at all. Like, it was a good mix of both. And it was really, really cool. Then we get to my absolute favorite scene. The fight scene in this is great. No question. On top of uh statue of liberty which we haven't seen since the first x-men movie back in 2000 they fight on the statue of liberty which they're right now working on the statue of liberty was that to before put a- or after you yelled at the guy for sitting in the handicapped spot cosplaying as uh xavier that was, that was the first x-men but was, that was he before. actually yeah. was in a wheelchair <laughs> yes the guy in the wheelchair always gets stuck playing professor x but they yeah they're right now they, they the fight scene the backgrounds like the scene that they're fighting on is the, the Statue of Liberty uh, where they're working on adding a Captain America shield which I thought was interesting and also stupid but adding a shield to the Statue of Liberty to honor Captain America who died um, defending the world in, or in is game, on the moon we don't know I think he's on the moon um, but yeah so but the best scene in this entire movie are the three Spider Man just chit chatting for like. 15 minutes and it's the best it's hilarious it's andrew garfield being hilarious it's andrew garfield being jealous that he's never fought an alien he just fought some dude in a rhinoceros costume rhinoceros giant rhinoceros robot suit 
um, which is uh, which was hilarious. And they didn't capitalize on that. That Rhino would have been awesome. I would have loved to have seen Ryan instead of Marco. Honestly, Marco. It would have been cool if they brought him in, like because Gandolfini never got his time as a villain. And it's we know that we'll never see that again. But Giamatti, yeah, Paul Giamatti. Sorry, Paul Giamatti, not James Gandolfini. That's ridiculous. Paul Giamatti as uh, as the rhino. That was a cool rhino. I thought it was a really cool idea. And Paul Giamatti at the time, he was at the height of his. You know, rhino was in this movie, though. More on that later. More on that later. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, when they they're sort of showing back up at the end, is that what you're You'll see. all the cameos sort of? OK, you'll see. So. So, yeah. So we, we I mean, I was going to take it all the way up to on my again. Another great part. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield does go through his whole monologue of not being able to see Gwen Stacy. MJ gets knocked off the building similar to Gwen Stacy. Tom Holland is there's no way he's going to be able to save her. Well, but he tries Andrew to save Garfield her, but the can't uh, do it. The glider knocks him away. Glider knocks him away. So it's up to Andrew Garfield to redeem himself and save this MJ because he couldn't save, in his own words, his own MJ and does save her. And as you talk about crying, I mean, I'm not bawling at every turn like you seem to be. But I, I bawled at this up, scene, man. I did too. It was amazing. Oh my like, God. Just him redeeming himself and saving her and him tearing up. God, it was And so I'm not going to lie, so when that, tra- that last trailer dropped, they show MJ falling. And it looked, I knew it, just, was it looked just like yeah. like uh, Gwen Stacy. And in my mind, I said, that's when Andrew Garfield gets his redemption. I knew it was coming and I still yeah. cried like a baby. I said, I, it, it was it was so smart and so good. Um, and I'm, I'm, I lied. I'm going to do one more scene up until Andrew Garfield. Again, Andrew Garfield, just any not as Spider-Man. This is the thing. In the Spider-Man movies, there's it's a it's a delicate balance between what is really CG and these actors being actors. Andrew Garfield gets to be Andrew Garfield as an actor in this movie. Mm-hmm. His back and forth with Dylan is awesome. It's so good. Like just how between him and Jeff Foxworthy is a fantastic, fantastic Jimmy actor. Fox. I mean, I can't believe it. Jimmy Fox. Jeff, yeah, what did Foxworthy, I say? Jeff Foxworthy would have been the perfect. Mis- <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Foxx. Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. Fox you know, they should bring him in from another it universe. Would, it would have been just really funny. if You if know, you're electric- a redneck when you steal yeah, like electricity. If he was electrical the head the whole time and then he lost his powers and just said, you know, you're a redneck. Jeff Foxworthy. Jamie Foxx is a great actor. <laughs> Um, and much better than Jeff Foxworthy, but Jamie Foxx is a great actor. So they have that back and forth. Tobey Maguire has a back and forth with um, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock because Doc Ock is cured. It helps them defeat the other four. Um, that back and forth, them just talking to each other, you know, not in this huge battle scene, but just having a conversation with villains, with these villains and understanding them. That was so cool. It was just such a great, those great moments. Um, and then I'm going to take it all the way up to Dr. Strange coming back. Um, we only have a little bit of movie after this gunner. So what yeah, do you yeah. got after this? All right. So, uh, so when the three Peters meet up and they talk about their loss, Toby mentions the loss of uncle Ben. Um, and though he also lost uncle Ben Garfield's loss was Gwen Stacy, which I found interesting that that's the death that had the most impact on him. And again, Toby also had a Gwen Stacy. Why did they not mention that? Well, because it can't, they can't, they don't need to fit it all in there. I, I mean, the assumption, say, oh, is, Gwen Stacy. the assumption is we would know. I that. took her on a date and dra- dressed like a jackass and danced. I don't, up. I don't think that this is not, I don't think that they're going to acknowledge Venom, the Venom <laughs> Spider-Man three. I don't think that happened here. Well, Marco's I don't think in it. They, He's the villain. Yeah, I guess they had to, but maybe that, I don't know. 
Well, but I think we need to talk about the fact that he's not actually there. We have two villains. Yeah, that yeah. We'll talk about we'll talk about that. So, and oh, by the way, to every time the three Peters were together, I choked up. I just thought it was so great. So um, good. We also find out that Toby's Peter and MJ made it work together, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Um. So then we get the 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 scene with the three Peters answering Ned, which we talked about. Peter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, we're all. I just thought that was one of yeah. the funnier scenes. Um, and as they're at the Statue of Liberty talking, um, Toby talks about his bad back and, you know, he cracked his back, but uh, I don't know if you know this. I think that is a shout out to Spider-Man two, because Toby almost had to back out of Spider-Man two because he hurt his back filming Seabiscuit. So that's why they did, Uh. they did that whole part of Spider-Man two where he had a bad back in that. To kind of reference that. So uh, then there's a scene where they ask Toby about his web coming out of his body, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which leads That's to the, so the talk about yeah. the craziest villains they fought. And poor Andrew said, I've never fought an alien. And I put, he was the best in this movie. And I and Andrew called himself lame and Toby called him amazing. He goes, yeah, say it, yeah. you're amazing. Which, of course, he's from Amazing Spider-Man. Um. So then Electro shows up and the cool thing, which I'm sure you caught, but when he went kind of electric, that star mask came on his face from the comics. Did you catch yeah, that? Yeah, I definitely that was awesome. That. Yeah, that was Again, yeah. no one does comic accurate. No one f- veered as far away from comic, ac- comic accuracy as Kevin Feige at the beginning of the Marvel movies and now has embraced it and made it look cool more than Kevin Feige. Bravo, my friend. Bravo. Yeah. Um, so they, they can't fight together um, because they're used to being solo people. And I love Tom Holland. He's like, all right, guys, I'm not going to, I didn't want to brag, but I'm going to. I was an Avenger. And they're all like, what's an Avenger? And of course, Andrew Garfield's <laughs> like, what, were you in a band? Which I thought was awesome. Uh, like a band? Like the Beatles? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was, was kind of cool. Um. I can't fight together. So the next thing I have is them fixing everyone. Um, so that's a little bit before um, before Strange shows up because they're kind of in the middle of it. So let's talk about this right now. So this is what I put in my notes. I said, as Flint turns back to his human, human form, they do not use Thomas Hayden Church, but footage from Spider-Man 3. Did they... And then I also put my next thing, when Connor's turns back to Reese Fonz, we realized they did not bring back Reese Fonz, but they used footage from Amazing Spider-Man. So, Chris, did they go out of their way to not bring these guys back? Was it budget-wise? Like, ah, we don't need to bring these guys back. Because, I'm sorry, out of the five villains, Reese Fonz and Thomas Hayden Church, by far the cheapest yeah. of these five actors. I know, absolutely. Well, they both had, they both, I've looked at, I've looked at both. I, I, they both, uh, Thomas Hayden Church had something else going on. He was doing something else. Okay. But I can't believe he was doing something bigger than being in the newest Spider-Man movie. Like, he's not. I mean, Reese Fonz, what is he doing? The Notting Hill sequel? I yeah, don't know. there's no, yeah. D- th- neither of them have any. Well, what's Thomas Hayden Church doing? Ned and Stacy, The Return? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> They're not doing anything. Wings? So, the reunion special? <laughs> the, the, the Wings Christmas special? There's no, <laughs> neither of them have anything to do that they couldn't be in this movie. But, but it's I, funny, honestly, the smallest budget actors couldn't show up. It took me out of it. 
It, it, oh, it, I, I thought they did a great job. Oh, no, no, but it took me out. Not them transforming, but like, like for example, when he's sitting on the couch at, at Happy's, I'm like, that makes no sense because he changed back to Clint Markle a lot during the movie. Like he can change anytime he wants back to Clint Markle. Why is he staying in this form? So in my mind, I'm like, I think they explain that though. They explain that, that he's just really apprehensive about the entire situation. Like, I think he's saying a Sandman because he doesn't want to have to like, he has like essentially like a power up situation. I think that's why he stays that way. Plus, you know, I think what they do is they make it, they don't, he probably doesn't want people to know exactly who he is. For all he knows, no one knows who he is as Sandman. And I think he's keeping that identity a secret. That's that's what I wrote up. And I understand that they kind of shoehorned that in so that they could explain why he wasn't there. But I thought they did a really good job of him not being able to be there. Um, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought it would have been cooler if when he changed back from the lizard, it was Dylan Baker. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> I like Dylan Baker. I'm sorry. He was great in Spider-Man. He was great in Across the Universe. He was great narrating the Steve Jobs biography. I will watch anything Dylan Baker's in. Okay, sorry. Uh, so then Max thought Spider-Man... Um, I don't know exactly when. I think this is also before he shows back. But Max thought Spider-Man was going to be black. He's like kind of yeah, yeah, disappointed you weren't that black. Again, another thing. Another disappointment that goes back to real life because a lot of people i don't know if you remember this but when they were recasting spider-man do you remember who everyone wanted to play spider-man no the big person they were pissed off that it didn't happen they wanted um childish gambino himself to play spider-man everyone wanted him to play spider-man and they they didn't give it to him, which is when they brought him in to to far from or homecoming. Um, that was a big thing. Well, why why is his name escaping me right now? Glover, Donald Glover, yeah, Donald Glover. Who I love Donald Glover and would have been. And so to me, that's what that was for. More than I know, a lot of people are speculating. Oh, that's just that's just uh, you know referencing Miles Morales. I don't think so. I think it's an in-universe jab at the fact that everyone was disappointed that it was Andrew Garfield and not a black guy. Yeah, I mean, Donald Glover would have been really good, but I mean, I think Donald Glover is doing just fine not being in this movie. It obviously didn't help Andrew Garfield. Well, I think he got too big to be Spider-Man. Like, Donald Glover is huge. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, he's the prowler. I mean, he, because he he called in a deleted scene... He called and by name mentioned Miles. And in that movie, he said, my my nephew lives here. Tries yeah. to protect him. So he is the prowler. So when Miles Morales shows up, Donald Glover will show up, I believe. So. Yeah. So then, yeah, I talk, we talked about Garfield saving MJ. Uh, again, I put, he teared up. Um, so then, yeah, the rest, oh, we could probably go from where Strange shows up to the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, really, all it is, is uh, the Spider-Man decides that he wants the spell to happen. He needs the spell to happen to kind of put everything back to the way it was. In order for the spell to happen, no one can know that he's Spider-Man. No one in the world. Um, I think, well, it's not that they don't know he's Spider-Man. Essentially, he it, it was weird. He never existed. Like, no one knows that he existed, which I don't know how far that goes, because he obviously has a social security number. He has to still be alive. wrote a book about him. 
yeah does the book not exist like what does that undo like how big is that spell that's there's some it's problematic for sure uh before we i guess before we jump into that like the end to end though we we do have the fight with william defoe uh with tom holland really wanted to kill you william defoe uh, both Toby Maguire jumps in to, to stop him because killing isn't the way and Toby Maguire's learned that. And that's the real big thing. The theme of this movie is that they don't want Tom Holland to be, you know, negative and down. They want to still want him to still stay, you know, don't want to, don't want to become dark, obviously. Um, so they, you know, they do that. They, they say, Hey, this isn't the way don't kill. Don't turn, don't turn that page essentially. Um, before William Defoe is taken away. So that whole scene is, is great. The universe is closing in on them uh, as as uh, Doctor Strange kind of kind of tries to fix that larger spell that where the everything is seeping in and reversing everything and getting it to the point where Tom Holland doesn't exist. And we really end with MJ and then not getting into MIT, which is great, but not knowing who Tom Holland is at all. Tom Holland ends up in, I think, the same apartment that Tobey Maguire was in. It looked, it looked like it, but I, that, that cool Russian landlord wasn't there. I wish he was. No, no, no. I, I thought she was going to show up. That would be funny. Making um, them cookies. <laughs> his daughter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then and then at the end, we see uh, a brand new Spider-Man suit again, which is the Did he classic steal one. that sewing machine from Ned's house? Because that looked like the same sewing machine that yeah. was at Ned, Ned's yeah, grandma's. Dude, yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, he's on his own. He's got no Aunt May. No, I mean, it's a completely different Spider-Man than we've ever seen where it's he's completely by himself. Um, it opens up a lot. I mean, they really kind of set it back. I mean, they do one more day as much as they could without introducing Mephisto. I know that's disappointing for you. But one more day, this essentially does reset the clock the way one more day did. So they have a Peter Parker who has zero attachments, who's by himself, who's in an apartment, not going to college, I think. Well, I think he set up for community college, maybe. I don't know, but not going to MIT, right? Um, well, he just, so they he had a GED a, book, so he was that's right, the GED, GED, which is kind of stupid. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I always worry about Peter's future. I always want him to do well in college, <laughs> and he just never does. I don't know why I care. Um, like, oh, you could do better than that, Peter, but doesn't none of it matters. But yeah, so essentially, starting with a, a very clean slate, if they decide, and what we we we've heard is that they're going to do three more movies, which is awesome. And they have a whole new, they can really start from scratch to see what they're going to do. And then takes off in a brand new spider suit. I will take it all the way up to the post-credits, Gunner, because I think it's important here because we kind of have to tie up. The let's last, do the, the post-credits scene. Let's finish this and then let's talk about the post-credits scene. Well, I was, okay. All right. Well, then that, yeah, that's it. So he flies off with a new suit. MJ and Ned don't know who he is. No one knows who he is. And he's essentially, we, we end the movie with him really being, Brand new, but on his own. Yeah, I only have a couple things left. Um, Ned, right after MJ falls, Ned essentially falls, but is saved by the cloak of levitation, which is awesome. Yeah, because that—that's the most disappointing thing about this movie. Sorcerer Supreme Ned. Now no one knows about it, which sucks. Um, and then Peter's about to kill the Goblin when Tony uh, Toby steps in again. Once they healed everyone except the Green Goblin. If he wants to kill the Green Goblin, hit the button. Then Green yeah. Goblin goes back. Everyone goes back. End the movie. He healed I mean, the rest the, of the guys. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, uh, Tobey Maguire is usually doesn't want Tom Holland to go down the same path there. Yeah, in, no, I get it. He kills. I mean, I don't know. That, I mean, I don't know. We, uh, that's a Spider-Man thing is like, he just doesn't kill. Obviously this a lot with the older superheroes. Batman is the same way. Batman doesn't kill. Well, both of them lost their father figure. Right, right, right. And that's kind of where they are, I guess. But um, 
I don't know. Yeah, with with what he did, I don't think there would have been a problem if he killed Green Goblin. I mean, yeah. it's not there's not there's no way to reform him. I mean, he's a lunatic and yeah. he's always it's always going to happen. So they kind of send him back to, you know, fight another day and be another problem somewhere else. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't know. That's just I think that was just a turnaround, a, a vehicle to basically say, you know, hey, we, we want this Tom Holland to stay pure and not somebody that's killed villains and doesn't, you know, go down that path. And and that's kind of the resolution there yeah. before they leave. But so yeah, the, the, it was it was still great. The, the last thing story wise that I have is when the or Easter egg wise, uh, when the portals are opening and you see all these people. Um, I just want to reference two that I caught. Um, one was Craven the Hunter. I could see Craven the Hunter. Like that was the first oh, one yeah, I caught yeah. when I watched the first time. And the second one, you can actually see Rhino in the comic accurate rhino outfit with the horn coming off his head. It kind of looks like when I think of that rhino, I think of like, do you remember that like super friends cartoon? Uh, like it's on Disney plus, like where they look like the little toys. I think of that rhino as just a great costume with a little horn on his head. I've never, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, like I, it's like Mattel's super friends or something. It's on Disney plus. But anyway, there's actually, I saw a YouTube video where some guy breaks down and speculates who all these people are. I only counted out the two that I actually caught. Although to be honest, I don't remember who any of the other ones were. And most of them are probably reaches anyway. So that's why I didn't mention them here. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, there's really no, only one post credit scene. The other one's a trailer for him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's essentially... Well, yeah, yeah, I'll let you break it down because I think it's hilarious and, and super smart. Oh, well, I think... I was just going to say that Eddie Brock as Venom is, you know, essentially... This, obviously, is the reason he's, he's here is because of what's going on in Spider-Man. The reason he leaves is because of what's going on in Spider-Man. He's sitting there drinking. Uh, the bartender is the dude from Ted Lasso, Danny, the happy soccer player. Yeah, yeah. Danny Rojas. As soon as I saw him, name. I'm like, Danny Rojas. <laughs> so excited. Danny Rojas is there. I would give anything if he became villain. Yeah. Well, oh, well, I mean, maybe he gets a symbiote suit. Maybe he's villain. He's, eating he's venom, people but, his life. Yeah, eating people's life. But I, I, so a piece of the suit. So Eddie Brock, just like all the villains, they all go back. Uh, so it really didn't matter that they were all in one spot. Uh, Doctor Strange could have done that. Essentially, it's worldwide because Eddie Brock couldn't have been farther away. I think if, if Doctor Strange had just done that spell, they technically wouldn't have to worry about capturing them. He could have just done it, and that would have been it. And the movie wouldn't have happened. Well, here's the thing. There could have been hundreds of other villains that just weren't in New York, and those just happened to be the ones that were in New York. Of course, it looks like they went to the exact location they were in when they disappeared because he was in Mexico when he disappeared and ended up yeah. in Mexico again. So actually that I take it back. That makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So he's in Mexico. Like so Ned, he, I would like my comments stricken from the record, <laughs> but yeah, so he, uh, we, I, I think that I wasn't disappointed. I, I don't know how many people were, but I think we definitely get the impression that yeah, there's going to be a venom battle. Um, we're going to see, you know, Eddie Brock, this Eddie Brock um, fight Tom Holland at some point, but we don't. He goes back just like everybody else. He goes back to his universe, but leaves just a little piece of the symbiote suit there. Um, and so we we know that now with the suits there, that Venom's gone, but essentially it won't be fighting that Venom, but we'll be fighting the Venom suit that's there, which is interesting. 
Um, but I thought, yeah, I thought that was a really cool scene. And it was really funny. Again, I think, I think that Venom 2 was really funny. I think that this Venom is funny. Um, I thought it was but, yeah. pure genius to go through the effort to bring Eddie Brock into this universe just to have him drink at the bar the whole time and miss the whole yeah, movie. He didn't do anything. Pure he didn't genius. Do anything. Pure genius. It was, it was genius. He didn't do anything, which was great. So uh, let me ask you this, because this was my prediction as for the future of this universe. I think they want to go back to a ground, a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, bring it down to the street level. Um, I think they're doing this so Sony doesn't have to split profits with Marvel anymore. I would not be surprised if Kevin Feige was done making Spider-Man movies as far as Tom Holland, that they got rid of everything everything else so that Sony could start over with Tom Holland, not in the MCU. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so you're saying they're doing it because they Sony wants to make a Spider-Man movie and not Marvel. They want to make a Spider-Man movie and not have to split the profits with Marvel. Right. And now um, that he's gone through five movies, six if you count Civil War, they think that they have enough mojo with Tom Holland to cut to to do a whole sick. Well, movies. I mean, but yeah, you can you can talk about the Spider Verse, which did really really well so they could be doing that i don't know i mean yeah they could i i don't really i think it would be crazy yeah. but i think it would suck i mean i i i think it would suck i, think I mean that- honestly what this is what i want i want sony to say look kevin feige uh, we will give you our entire everything we own and this is what we want one sony verse movie a year you can use any of our our characters Throughout anything you want. If you use our character, you give us 10%. Whatever. You want to use Doc Ock in a movie, any of the characters we own, you have free reign to use any of them. What we ask is you make, you produce one Sony movie a year. Whether it be a Craven the Hunter movie, whether it be a Spider-Man movie, whether it be that terribly, terribly, terribly bad idea of Aunt May and her friend in a Thelma and Louise style road trip movie. Whatever they want to make, they guaranteed one movie a year. Um, I don't know. I just think, because right now, I I mean, I don't understand uh, uh, Morbius. I don't understand it. I don't know what universe is it in. They're... Honestly, I don't think that Venom scene is going to be in the movie where he goes, I'm Venom, because it makes no sense. I wouldn't even be surprised if they cut out, uh, they cut out, what's his name in the movie? Michael Keaton. Because I don't get this movie. I'm going to see it 100% because I want to see where it fits. I am so um, intrigued with that um, because I don't get it. That's the only reason I'm going to go see it, to be honest. But uh, yeah, and I think what they're doing now, rebooting Spider-Man also is they have their origin movie, which was the first Spider-Man. Now he is essentially Spider-Man to uh, Sp- Peter Parker. He's the exact age right after high school yeah. that yeah. Peter Parker yeah. was. And this is his version of now the origin, the six movie origin story is over. Now I'm Spider-Man with no attachments. So yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And I think, I think eventually they'll bring, I think they'll bring Feige back when they want to introduce Miles Morales. 
And I think eventually yeah. we will get a Spider-Gwen uh, as, uh, uh, what's her name from Amazing Spider-Man? I think she will be Spider-Gwen. Um, whatever her name is. I hope so. Oh, you mean uh, Emma, Emma, Tom- Emma, Emma Stone. Emma, Tho- Emma Stone, yeah. Emma Thompson, Man, that would be great. Emma Thompson would be a great Spider-Gwen. Emma, Emma Stone, yeah. But uh, no, that would be, I, I really hope they do that. But the I don't. I don't think we're done with Tobey Maguire and Andrew. Well, at least Andrew Garfield. I would. I would. I think we're going to see Amazing Spider-Man three. Well, what we could do is we'll see. Could see Spider Verse, and they could do Emma Stone, and then he shows up there, and he and maybe he dies. I don't know. Maybe that's like the end, and he has a proper send off, and then he becomes. She becomes. Honestly, I would like to see into the Spider Verse without Miles. I want to see Miles get his actual due, and then. And honestly, I want to. I I am. I would love to see both Spider Man Four and Amazing Spider Man Three. Like I was when they left, I was so interested in where they're going. And again, what I don't understand also is, I mean, are they going back to are they, are they splitting those timelines? Like, is Toby's timeline now split four ways? Because now you got. A timeline where uh, where Marco is healed, where Octavius is healed, and where uh, Osborne is healed. Those are three separate timelines, plus the main timeline where they all are never healed. So that'll be interesting. What does that mean? Because you can't bring back, you can't bring them all the same universe because without Osborne dying, we might not have, uh, we might not have uh, Octavius. So I I am curious to see where they both go, and you know where you know where what Sam Raimi was originally going to do, right? For his Spider Man Four before they canceled it, no, because it was supposed to have um, it was supposed to have uh, uh, John Malkovich as the uh, the Vulture, and it was supposed to have uh. um. What's his name is Mysterio. Uh, Bruce Campbell is Mysterio. Because remember, he was in all three movies. And he was supposed to be Mysterio. I yeah. Think. Well, oh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, they're not, I don't think they're going to do that. No, I, I no, think no. We're, but we're I'd way like past the Raimi-verse. I, I think it, we can't go back. Now, knowing that Raimi is directing Multiverse of Madness, you think? You think? We'll I mean, they could do anything there. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I don't think that. We're not getting X-Men in that movie. I'm sorry, we're not. Kevin well, Feige, everybody talks about it, but I wasn't going to say that, but I Kevin just don't think Feige the time... is too smart to take that easy way out. I, I think that, well, my, what I'm saying is that I don't think that time has been kind to the Raimi-verse. I've gone back, and I just don't like them that much, and I don't, I'm not as excited as, I, I mean, Sam Raimi is a different director, uh, you know, and those are different, it's a different time, so he, I, I, I'm optimistic about what he's going to do, but I just, I'm a little worried about it. I just don't, I didn't like, I, I don't like going back to the Spider-Man movies. They're just, I, Spider-Man 2 is my favorite, but I think yeah, Spider Man Two was Spider-Man my favorite 3. in the Spider-Man same in the same awesome. way that what's that? Spider Man Three was awesome with Venom. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, you you notoriously just have bad taste. Your favorites are always the worst ones, so you just have bad. That's that's that is what bad taste. Is. <laughs> you were my best you, friend you, in college. So <laughs> that's there you go. But you just have bad taste. So that's, that's exactly right. So um, if you you always just like the worst one, and it's notoriously the worst one. But yeah, Spider Man Two I joke was it. the best, but in the in the way that it was like, well, this is the best we have right now, and I just think we've gone above and beyond that. So we'll, we'll see. I, I don't, I hope that they do something with Andrew Garfield. I would love to see Emma stone as 
Spider-Gwen, obviously she's a little old, too old. I mean, she's a grown woman and, and Spider-Gwen is typically played by, like a, a high schooler and ha- in the you comic books. You know right? In the, in the movie? Yeah, it was uh, Steinfeld, Haley yeah, Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Yeah, so I mean, that would, I, I, that one, they can't do that, but it'd be cool. It would be really cool. Emma Stone could still pull it off. No question. There's Honestly, no problem you know with having it. would be a good Spider-Gwen? Would be the girl from Kick-Ass. What's her name? The blonde girl? Oh, she would. That's a good call. She'd be a great She'd be great, yeah. I can't think of her name though. Don't matter. Yeah, I don't remember, but um, yeah. But I mean, I I don't know. We have a while. There's a lot that's going to happen before the new Spider-Man comes out. I'm not, but they closed it off. I'm not chomping at the bed like, oh, where's it going to go? I need to see the next piece. Like, I can wait a while and see what they're going to do, and I think they have time to form it up. But yeah, Tom Holland's got other stuff to do, so we'll see what happens. I mean, we have. I think more than anything, we have time before we get back here. Yeah, I I think I think it'll be. I think it'll be a while before we see. I, I mean, I don't know. Like they, they keep talking about this Craven the Hunter movie. Do you want to see a Craven the Hunter movie that doesn't have Spider Man? Um, who would play? Who would play Craven the Hunter? They they already cast him. It's uh, Quicksilver, not Ralph Boner. The other Quicksilver, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, who was also in Kick Ass? Yes. I mean, I guess they're both in case. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> they're both Quicksilver's ring. Uh, no, no. Boner. I mean, what they're they're technically, if they go by what you're saying, which is the Sony verse of Spider Man, and they're building that, they're essentially putting together a Rogues Gallery. There, you know, we have Scorpion has showed up in the Marvel Spider Man, but he also he showed up with the Vulture, and the Vulture showed up in Mobius, Morbius. Um, we have the Morbius movie. We've had a Venom movie. We had a Craven movie. That's three with the potential for that being the Sinister Six. So we could see three more. And then those could be the potential. What they could be doing is sort of the Avengers route of giving these Sinister Six, six their own movie before yeah, coming together sense. and well, finding Tobey Maguire. Let me also say this that everyone's talking about. Flash Thompson, though he dons the Venom suit, Tony Royale or whatever his name is, he will yeah. not be Venom. I'm sorry. He well, will not be Venom. Flash, Tom- Flash Thompson doesn't become Venom. He, he wears uh, a is suit. Agent Venom. Yeah, he Agent wears Venom. the suit. Yeah. If they're going to do that, Joe Megadonella would have been a great Venom and or a great Agent Venom because he was in oh. the Tobyverse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I like what they did with this Flash Thompson. Like they didn't make him this big bully. They made him kind of a douchebag. They just made him like a pretentious douchebag. I thought that was a better way to go. Yeah. Flash Thompson. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But that was it. That was Spider-Man. That was really, really good. I We kept it to two hours, essentially, which is a shocker. I did not think that we were going to be able to do that. Well, knowing under how we started. two hours. This show was longer than our show where we reviewed both Shang-Chi and the Eternals. Well, but this movie was better we, than Shang-Chi and the Eternals put together. I think that we may have to revisit the Eternals and maybe we, we I don't know, we piecemeal it out to not give a whole show to the Eternals, but just because the Eternals, the more we talked about it, I realized it really does impact the MCU. Well, let's do it. Um, we and, can do a show on it. I mean, what is it? I mean, I think if, we should if take, it's a 20-minute show, it's a 20-minute show. You should take the end of Shang-Chi, take that out, edit it out, and then that'll be the first half, and then we'll have a second half. So, so I already released it though. You want me to go back and take it back? That's the best part of the internet. You could take it back, but take it out. So if I take it out, will we do an eternal show someday? (laughs) Before (laughs) I I would, we have no new Marvel content until March. So we've got, we have so much to do, right? We have, but we have, 
But we have also talked about. I'm going to say it here. Yeah, let's, well, let's I, announce. I'm going to say it. We're going to do. We're going to do Peacemaker. Yeah. It's too good. We can't not do Peacemaker. And he we're referenced Pete effing best. You reference yeah. Pete best in your show. I'm reviewing yeah. your show. And are we? Do we know? I mean, we're kind of talking about it in real time here. Are we going to do just one episode on all of Peacemaker? We're too late to do a per episode. Yeah, that's what I think we should do. Just do one. Yeah. Uh, or we can over. break it up into two. We can do the first half and the second half. So. Yeah, I think I think it would be two hours. Knowing that it took us two hours to do a single movie, it's going to take us two hours. Because a lot show. of my uh, crazy theories have not come true from that movie already. There's not. Do you like have that crazy gorilla? I thought the gorilla was going to be. Oh what, my what god, that? the gorilla fight was so awesome. Marilla Gorilla or whatever that. There's a gorilla no. in DC Comics, and I thought that was going to be him. And it, it was. no, I think it was. I think it's just uh, Tim Gunn doing Gunn? just the what James Gunn. James Gunn. God damn it. James Gunn. James Gunn doing just the coolest stuff. Everything that's like, what What would be super cool here? I mean, that's all he's doing. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it being, I don't care about what it leads to there. I don't care if nothing else ever happens with Peacemaker. I really don't give a shit about the DC verse and I don't care how it's all intertwined. It's also just garbage anyway, but that show is just so good. We have to do it. It's so, if you're not, anybody listening to this, not watching it is uh, stupid. That's and such is a there show. a greater opening credits in TV history than there this. literally is not. No. I don't know why more people are talking about it. It is the greatest. I have, by I have liked John Cena as a comedic actor. Now he was great in cock blockers. He was great yeah. in that vacation friends movie. He was great in the, uh, the one with Amy Schumer. He had a small part, but I thought he was great. Oh yeah. 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 He was really good. But, he played. Yeah. He's so good. He's funny. It blows everything away. His yeah. portrayal of the peacemaker. In both. I want to see my my dream project would be a James Gunn movie with John Cena playing He-Man, Master of the Universe, oh. but like comedic, like com, like because He-Man is funny. He-Man is funny, and I and I'm a fan. I have a ridiculous. I have spent a ridiculous amount of money on a Master of the Universe collection. I think it's a funny show. It's hilarious, and if John Cena played He-Man because he's got the perfect build. Yes. He's built exactly like He-Man. It's crazy. No one else in the world is built like He-Man except for John Cena because he's a monster. And you had it played, play it as, as funny as not serious. James Gunn does it. I don't know who would play Skeletor, but there's a lot of options, but that would be amazing. That would be the most, and the same kind of, you know, who it would be, it would be, uh, it would be the guy from Mallrats. That's in all of his movies. Oh, what's Good his call. name? Uh, yeah, but I like I like the the Yondu. The what the hell is his name? Why can't I think of his name? Rooker, Michael one, Rooker. Michael, Michael. Yeah. Uh, the the Skeletor in the actual Master of the Universe. The only good thing of that original movie, and that movie's terrible. The only good part of that movie is the Skeletor in that movie. That guy, I can't remember who played him. I think he's dead now. Oh, are you talking about uh, Frank Langella? Yeah, yeah. And he had, he had always said that's his favorite role. He said that was the best role. That was his favorite thing that he ever did. Obviously, it was a canon movie. Uh, they, they barely finished it. They actually couldn't finish it and walked away from it for months and then had to come back to film the, to film the final scene. And, and Dolph had no Lundgren money left. So it was no with balls Dolph in sewer water, though. Yeah, yeah, no balls. Not this time. Uh, but that it would be, I think that would be my dream project because John Cena is He Man. He looks exactly like him. And if they played it funny, it would be amazing. And, and James Gunn directed it. 
Give over the me top, tons of money. It what's the martial arts guy, the little guy from uh, Peacemaker? What's his name? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Kung Fu. They call yeah. him. It's like his name is Kung Fu or something like Make that. Make him Orko because he would be the best Orko. I will tell you what. I'm going to say it here. I will say it loud. I will say it proud. James Gunn could take the most obscure, yeah, crazy, ridiculously stupid character and make him effing amazing. You yeah. said it. Guardians of the Galaxy was a terrible comic. James yes. Gunn made it cool. Yeah. I want more than anything James Gunn to remake Howard the Duck. He would make that movie Man, so that's good. That's a good call. That's a good call. Because you, you know, know who would be Gunn. Howard the Duck's best friend? Wonder Man. Come on. Yeah. Howard yeah. the Duck, Wonder Man, yeah. buddy movie. James if Gunn. If you look at he James made Gunn, Starro. he made Starro look awesome. It was awesome. It was so good. If you look at James Gunn, his library of stuff he directed, none of them are. It's all good shit. Supers, it's all good you remember? Shit. Super. We watched oh my supers. God. Didn't we watch that in college? Like, like a whole bunch. Or was that super, after you left? Super came in, came came out in 2010. What's the one? The superhero? Oh, the specials. That's what I'm thinking of. You remember the specials? Maybe. I know Pickle had that on DVD, and we watched the no. crap out of it. That's another Not, superhero movie that James Gunn made. But James Gunn came out of the gate 2006. He did a couple of different like PSAs, some shorts. He did a tro- he started with the Tromaville, uh, so like the like the um, Toxic Crusader stuff. But then his first big movie was Slither, which is amazing. I love Slither; it's so good. He did a couple of TV shows. Then he did Super, which if you haven't seen Super, oh my god, so so good. Helen Mirren uh, has a has a super fun scene in there. She may or may not die. Spoilers. So good in the best way. Guardians of the Galaxy. He saved Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Specials he didn't even call it Suicide Squad too. He just called it Suicide Squad. That was two thousand. The specials. So that was after I, you left. Yeah, but I, that had nothing to do with James Gunn, right? Just no, a, he wrote a it. Thing and you thought it. of? Oh no, he wrote it. He didn't direct it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. His brother was in it though. His brother's great oh, too. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, I. It's terrible. And Thomas also, Hayden Church uh, taking it back though. to Spider Man. Thomas Hayden Church is uh, the strobe. Is it a movie or a yeah, show? Yeah, it's a movie. Is that Rob Lowe? Yeah, sure yeah, Rob is. Lowe's in it. I think. Jamie Kennedy. Jamie I haven't Kennedy seen it in a long Lowe. time. But honestly, yeah. James Gunn can make any movie. And like I love how he not only does he make every movie he ref. You know what else I think he would kill? He could make Modak cool, like a live action Modak. Modak is cool. I Modok, know, the but like the, the the robot chicken guys did. Modak is great. Yeah, that, that show's great. But give none of this is Spider Man. But that's, make, that's, that's, that's let Spider-Man. him make a Howard the Duck movie. Yeah, that makes with, sense. With uh, Modak and Wonderman, I'm telling you, it would be amazing. Our next show that we're going to do is going to be on Peacemaker. So uh, whether it's the whole series or whether it's um, whether it's the whole series or whether it's just the first half, I don't know yet. So just catch up. It's so good. You're not going to want to stop. Yeah. No, it's going to be really easy to catch up. And that opening scene where he's talking about Aquaman at the aquarium. Why would John one, two, nine, seven, three on Instagram lie? Like that was hilarious. (laughs) The co- I mean, deleted scenes too. The post credits are all just deleted scenes, or yeah, which are yeah. also funny. Yeah, which are just them like 
I don't know how much of it is improv. I don't know if it is or not, but God, it's so good. Plus, you know who else is good in that show is uh, his girlfriend uh, or James. Is it James Gunn's wife? The blonde girl? Yeah. Oh, it's that's his, his wife. wife or his girlfriend. Oh, I didn't She's know. phenomenal. She's great. She's she great. was in uh, Suicide Squad also. The well, Suicide she was in, Squad. The, the, technically, the, the, the team yeah. is in the Suicide Squad. They're, what do they call it? Like the 313 or whatever that yeah. the group is called based on the address. But yeah, Jennifer Holland is is James Gunn's wife. or She's married to James Gunn. I can't, oh, okay. I think. I can't remember. But she's really, really good. These are all, I mean, Steve Aggie, Jennifer Holland, they're just, they were just in the background of yeah. Suicide Squad at the office. And they have, they have a scene in the beginning of Suicide Squad yeah. and at the end of Suicide Squad, but that's the team that's here. And then they just add some people. They add Danielle Brooks, who was out of uh, Orange is the New Black. And she's on the team now. Is and that, and that uh, guy, the, the, I don't want to give it that away who she's, uh, has his relations to, uh, I think we, we're going to dedicate a whole show to it. So her probably mom. can wait, but anyway, this is two hours. We're on two hours now. Okay. So Spider-Man, this was great. Uh, I have to go. Anything else? Do we have anything else to add on this at all? No, man. All I got to say it's is fun. that, uh, thanks man for coming on. Yeah. And coming on. You came on, well, you well, came on this. What if it's my show? I interviewed you. Thank you for coming. Technically, you are the host. Thank (laughs) you. Remember, Chris, always go for the head. Banana straight.